Day. How are you guys today? So glad to have you guys. We are in our week two of Wolf Pack, and here's something cool you might not have known about Wolf Packs. Every Wolf Pack, although this is a man series, every Wolf Pack has a female. You know, there's ladies. The word lady may not quite fit, but there are females in a wolf pack. And so I want to introduce to you today my female from my wolf pack, my wife, Christy. If you guys know my wife, Christy, she's uh, uh, been, we've been married 22 years. This uh, summer will make it 23. I don't know why I'm trying to recount that here all in this moment, but uh, I've invited Christy to be here today with us because it's Mother's Day and we're going to not only gear this towards our guys, but obviously to our ladies because this is a special day. Tell you what, just for fun right now, if there is a woman near you, even if she's single, guys, this is a moment for you, okay? I want you to give her a big, wonderful, awesome hug, okay? Just right now, just grab a woman near you and say, you're awesome, all right? Even if she's not a mom, all right? And here's what we want to do today. We're going to kick things off, and I've asked Christy to come today to help kick off this conversation. I said, Christy, you got to tell this crazy story thing that happened to you recently. So she said she would. So Christy, kick off our conversation. First of all, let me say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, none of us would be here without a mom. Um, you guys are the most amazing busy people on the planet. You are responsible for all the little people in your house. You're the one who knows the favorite songs, the bedtime routine, the favorite storybook that you've read a hundred times and you'll do it a hundred and one times because you love them. Um, you keep your house clean. Many of you are income earners for your family. Um, laundry, doctor's appointments. There are weeks any of you ever feel like you live in a doctor's office? I mean, if you just do the ones you're supposed to do, like the dentist twice, uh, um, twice a year and orthodontist and all of that, you are busy, busy, busy people. You volunteer at school, then you think you're supposed to be in a Bible study at church and volunteer at church. And you guys are some of the busiest people on the planet. And on top of all of that, while you do all of those things, you're supposed to look cute while you do it. Keep your hair highlighted and maintained. Keep your nails looking good. Um, dress fashionably. And so I'm going to tell you um, how I had a near-death experience this week with skinny jeans. Uh, a few years ago, Tina Fey and her cohorts on Saturday Night Live, they started making these mom jeans popular. And I think I'm going to have to order a pair because um, I got into a little trouble this week with a pair of skinny jeans. I actually had five minutes. That never happens to run in and get not a pedicure, but a color change. Now guys, you don't know what that means, but we women know what that means. A pedicure means you have an hour. Luxury would be a great gift for you to give to your, you know, your mother. Um, color change means I just gotta go in, I need you like five minutes in and out, all right? So I go in, I'm like, I got five minutes, I need help, I need you to fix this. And they said, sit down, pull your jeans up. I'm like, no, 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 I don't have time for that. They're like, sit down, sit down, pull your jeans up, we'll give you a massage and all that. So I sit down, skinny <laughs> jeans come up over the calf, but skinny jeans do not go down over the calf. And according to the tag, there's like 2% spandex, but I don't know where that was when I was trying to get them down. But I'm shoving with all my might to try to get these skinny jeans back in their proper position. And all of a sudden my hand slipped and I heard this snap 
And I look down and my middle finger is just dangling in this very deformed position. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to explain to Jeff that I broke my finger <laughs> on skinny jeans getting a pedicure? I actually got pulled over by a police officer yesterday. And he said to me, um, he, luckily he saw my little cast and he wanted to know the story. And he goes, you know what, I'm just going to let you go. But I just want to warn you, I would hate to see what would happen if you ever got a manicure. <laughs> that happened from a pedicure. So um, after the last service, a woman came up to me and she goes, don't feel bad. My husband, who is a colonel in the military, he actually had the same thing happen trying to stuff his uniform into his boots. And that was a fun day when he got to tell his superiors why he couldn't show up for work. So um, anyways, women, a lot is expected of you moms. You live a very busy, busy schedule. And as we prepared this weekends just encouragement for you um, our hope is not to give you something else that you feel like you have to do I talked to a lot of women and recently I was sitting in a room with a group of women and it seemed like the one thing that kept popping up over and over again is that women said I just feel like I'm not enough I'm not enough to my kids, I'm not enough to my husband, I'm not enough, there's never enough of me to go around. Some of us that started when we were young with perhaps a childhood experience or a father who made you feel like you just weren't good enough. Um, some of you, the church made you feel that way, like you had to do X, Y, and Z, and if you didn't do it perfect all the time or you made one mistake, then you were just not enough. Some of us, it's guilt we put on ourselves just because we want to be good at what we do. Do you ever go to bed, moms, at night and feel like, I was a good mom today? Yeah, never. We never go to bed like that. We always go to bed thinking, oh my goodness, I could have, should have, would have. There's one more thing left undone that I didn't get to. Um, you're not alone. Every other mother on the planet feels that way. And so we have designed this time for you to just take a breath and relax and to learn something that your Heavenly Father believes about you because He believes that you are enough exactly the way you are. So the question is, what, what does God believe about you? And in light of like those crazy days uh, when you break your finger on your skinny jeans, I know that, guys, that's, we, we may have to come up with another illustration to help you grasp that. Um, but in light of those days, and, 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 and kind of just thinking through those bumpy roads when you kind of, you know, you're in a... You're in a stressful place. You're in a, you're in a pain spot. You're in a mess. You're trying to figure out heads or tails, you know, north and south. There's something that God wants us to know about him and about us in those moments. And we find this story uh, just exasperated, God giving this amazing, like, teachable moment to these two sisters. Now, these two sisters are like any other sisters. Uh, they're different. They're not like each other. I mean, they've got the same parents, maybe. Uh, they've got some of the same blood flowing through, flowing through their bodies. But they're completely personality different. So if you, if you, if you have a sister, um, you know that, and, or if you're a parent of girls, you know that they're, they're not always exactly the same. And so these two sisters have this experience with Jesus. He, Jesus actually shows up at their house one day and wants to come have dinner with them. Or they, they're like inviting Jesus in and, and, and excited to to roll out this wonderful meal. But all of a sudden, they have this experience where one is experiencing Jesus the way Jesus wanted her to experience him, and one's not. So if you know this story, look at Luke with me. Uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke is the fourth book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book in the Bible. 
Uh, it's right there early in the New Testament. Find that and also find it on your smartphone or we'll have it up on the screen for you. But I want to show you this story because one of them walks away uh, with an amazing moment where she's like, okay, I, I'm getting this now. I understand where I have missed this moment. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, and Jesus, or as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. So out of the gate, who's at the door first? Martha, right? Two sisters. One's kind of laid back. So you already start seeing, okay, through the lens of this story, one might be a little more uh, aggressive. One might be a little bit more quick in her motions and her thinking and what she's doing. So out of the gate, Martha's at the door first, welcomes Jesus inside. Her sister Mary was now in this moment sitting at the feet of Jesus, or the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. So Jesus is inside the house. He's talking. Martha has got something going on elsewhere in the house, but Mary sits down and she's hanging with Jesus, right? Which, if you've ever heard this story before, you think Mary's the good one and Martha's the bad one, right? If you've ever heard that, isn't, isn't that what you know of this verse? Well, listen in, because this is cool. I think this is really cool. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. I love that word distracted because it really gives weight to what is happening in this moment. She's distracted by the big dinner that's going on and she comes to Jesus and says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. It's like, it's like maybe how a dinner is at your house when you've got guests coming over. Maybe mom's working on the meal, the sisters are helping with the, the meal, and everybody's sort of frantic because the guests are about to be there, stuff's not done, and you're like, come on, we got to get it done. So Martha's frustrated at Mary because she's not doing anything. She's like, Jesus, can you tell Mary to get off her butt and come help me, right? We need to get this stuff done. And she completely misses something that's going on in this house. Jesus responds to her and says this, but the Lord says to her, Ma, and I, I'm just sure this had to come out like slow and calm and relaxed. And so Jesus says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. In another verse, it says you were just overwhelmed with. You were just worried. You're upset and worried about all these details. And here's, here's the powerful punch. And there is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. Now here's the thing. Two different personalities. Two different people. But Mary's, Mary's got something going on. She's with Jesus. Now I understand they're different personalities. So you might have a sister who's like you would say, she's just late. And she would say, no, I'm just into people more. You know, I'm just in with like, you know, smelling the roses. Not actually like walking through the, the field of roses picking, picking weeds. I want to enjoy the moment. And those of you who are Martha types, you're like, yeah, that's just, we call that lazy, right? So you got two different personalities going on here, but you got something happening here that's profound. Jesus isn't scolding Martha. Jesus isn't mad at Martha saying, you're a bad girl because you're doing the work. Your work's got to get done. Someone's got to, someone's got to attend to it. But in this moment, Jesus is at their house and Jesus isn't saying, you're bad because you're doing stuff. He's saying, listen, when you get stressed out, when you get worried, when you get overwhelmed, when you break your finger on your skinny jeans and you're like, does anybody else do this? When that happens, Jesus isn't scolding you. 
for anything. He's looking at you saying, I want to invite you into a deeper relationship with me. I don't want you to miss going through life and getting lost or distracted, losing your focus, getting stressed, all because you weren't close enough to me. Now, I, I love the idea of personalities. Christy and I, we, we do some, every now and then we do some like premarital counseling for folks that are getting married. We've got three weddings coming up here in the next few weeks, and we've met with some of these different couples, and we've talked through, you know, some personality differences, and one of the things we talk, love to talk about is, is the difference in personalities. But here's the thing. I love this. I found this this week. However you were created, when you play in your own strength, meaning when you're, when I'm totally existing in Jeff Murphy, like God gift me with these strengths, and I think he applauds when I'm playing to my strengths. He made me this way. But when I'm only in my strength, apart from God, your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness. You hear that? When you're separated from God, even though you're playing to your strengths, and I think that was, that was Martha's strength. You want Martha on board when you got to get stuff done, right? You want that personality around when stuff's got to get done. But when all of a sudden you're only playing to your strength and you're disconnected with God, all of a sudden those strengths, man, they can be ugly. They, they can no longer be beautiful. <laughs> they can look distasteful. They can get stressed. They can be worried and overwhelmed. Why? Because Jesus is in the other room. So here's the invitation. Jesus isn't going, bad girl, you're busy. He's just saying, listen, I get it. Life can be overwhelming. It's better when you're near me. And so this is an invitation to every person out there. When life gets busy, we've got to picture Jesus in the other room and him saying, get closer. The closer you are to me, the better you will be able to handle any struggle, any difficulty. And so when he says, Mary has discovered something. What did she discover? What, what did she know? Well, here's what I think she knew. I think she knew Matthew eleven twenty. 28. Like, not the verse, but this is what she understood. She understood this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And what does it say? And I will give you what? Rest. She just got this rest piece down. Like, going on. Like, there's, there's like, there's like those days where you, you know, you sit down and you need to take a load off. Some of you guys, you're in like a physical workplace, right? Where you, your body, your body's physically like exhausted, right? You're tired. You just want to like crash. But then there's this soul rest that like, that like, that, that soul rest that you get when things are, when you can just be at peace with the mess that's going on around you, that you can like find purpose in the mess that's going around you so much so that you could you can help somebody else out like you can serve somebody else because you got a mess too just like they got but your mess you just understand it that it's it's okay it's all good why because i understand that real rest comes from being in close proximity with jesus and that's the invitation we find here I love that you put those two scriptures together because often for me, this story growing up, if you grew up in the church, um, church tended to make me feel like I had more to do to be accepted by God or to be enough 
for other people. Um, and I would hear this story with Mary and Martha. And I, if you're a woman, I think you can probably relate a little bit to both. If you're a mom, out of necessity, you're doing more of Martha. I mean, you're planning birthday parties, you're doing homework, you're doing, I mean, somebody's got to get that work done, right? Um, I really relate to the words worried and stressed. I'm like, yeah, I feel that way every minute of every day. And so um, in this story to me, I used to feel like God was saying, okay, Martha, there's more for you to do now. You've got to get all of that done and you've got to have time for me. And I used to feel like um, my time with God was like something on a to-do list, like if I don't have an hour with him in the morning or if I don't have, you know, this Bible study that I'm a part of, it was like something to check off of a list instead of just kind of a state of being or a mindset or a way to react. Like I can tell when I have been at the feet of Jesus by how I react to people around me. Um, Jeff is very encouraging, but like all men, sometimes he just matter of factly, you know, are we really eating that for dinner? And if I haven't been with Jesus, I, I get like so offended. I know I haven't been with Jesus when I get offended really easy by things that are really just, yeah, the dinner was terrible. Nobody wants to eat it. We should all order pizza. Um, but I, I get unattractive not just to other people. I get unattractive to myself. Maybe you can relate to this, women, where when my self-esteem starts to get low when I look in the mirror and feel like who is that woman when did she get fat when did she get ugly when did she get wrinkled when I start seeing all of that it's like a warning light for me that oh my goodness I haven't been hearing from my heavenly father and I can tell that because I'm becoming more unattractive to myself and to people around me so when I'm not with him I see that I, I become unsatisfied um, the world applauds our achievements, but God applauds our relationships. And as a mother, sometimes that's hard for us to grasp because there's so much that we have to get done. And there are days, I'll never forget having my oldest daughter at the pediatrician and this older, wiser woman came up to me and she said, honey, just let your house be dirty. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm telling you, our generation, we were so worried about sanitizing everything and everything being perfectly clean. Just let your house be dirty. Just get on the floor and spend time with them. The second thing that happens when I'm not connected with God is that I start comparing myself to other people. This happens real fast and real easy for us as women. By nature... And that's a guy thing, too. Guys compare themselves to each other, too. That's true, but you don't have the cute clothes and the makeup and uh, that's true that's true but, but by nature we walk in a room and we immediately don't we we like immediately size up like oh my goodness um it's just it's just in us because again we feel judged by our performance and so the more time that we aren't with god the easier it is for that for to do that here's what i i just feel led in my spirit to speak to you about because i feel like when I started out as a young mom, I was comparing myself to the neighbors on the street um, and showing up at preschool and there were 20 kids in that room and so maybe 20 other mothers, so maybe 20 or 30 people. And I would walk into preschool and I would immediately know, oh no, Joanne is one of those moms, she's gonna do everything, she's gonna be the room mom, okay, I can't even compare to her. But I might have her and her and her, you know, we, I might be able to hang with that level. Um, we do that. The problem today for you young moms is this. 
with social media that can be a wonderful gift and tool, you are now comparing yourself to thousands of other women, to every mom who ever decided to put her birthday party on Pinterest. It's not like you're comparing yourself. I mean, comparison's not great no matter how you look at it, but you're comparing yourself to thousands of people who are, how many of you have ever looked at four pictures of yourself and picked the ugliest one to post? Do we do that? No, you pick the very best and you put the very best out there and you're bombarded by that constantly. And so I think what Jesus was saying to Martha was like, Martha, I understand you're busy. I understand you're gonna, you're gifted to do great things and wonderful things. But Martha, when you start feeling worried or distracted, when your self-esteem starts to slip, when you realize you're comparing yourself to other people, that is when I'm inviting you to come close to me and to just sit and rest in my presence. I love this quote, it says, comparison is the thief of joy. Nothing will rob your joy like looking side to side. And the only way to have that joy return is to be in the presence of your heavenly Father who adores you, who says, Sage, I'm happy about you today, just the way you are. I'm pleased with you. I made you this way, and there's nothing you can do to make me love you any more or any less. I'm, I'm happy with you. I just want to be with you. I don't care what you're doing for me, what you're not doing for me. I just want you to come close in this season and be with me. Now, I argued as a mom to Jeff. I'm like, that sounds wonderful to be like Mary and sit at Jesus' feet. If you would like to take the kids and do all my other duties, you know, I would be happy to spend a day like that. I know in our reality for us as moms, it might, it's just opening your eyes to be aware. It might mean you're reading a toddler Bible with your two-year-old, and that is his time to speak to you. But it is retraining our mindset so that we absolutely believe that he is pleased with us. God is pleased. We have one person to please in this world, and it's our Heavenly Father. And we don't please him by doing things. We please him by being with him, yeah. by thinking about him, by listening to him. That's good. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up all the pictures we post on Facebook. Um, you remember all those puppies we posted? How cute they were. No one knew how how much poop they created in our house, right? <laughs> so I mean, um, and guys, here's what's crazy about this conversation with us. I, I'm listening to Christie's uh, dialogue when it comes to like sitting with God, and that sounds so like sweet and dainty. And guys, we're 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 just slow relationally. I don't really think most of us guys know until it all hits the fan, and it's just like do or die situation that we're disconnected with God because we're just slow relationally. We're we're not like necessarily reading I'm so distant with Jesus and we're not connected relationally but but we we guys we got to understand this humble yourself or you'll be what humbled right for us it's a pride issue I, I would say all my 30s 20s and be and, and below I don't I don't think I ever re really recognize I need God because I my body's physically worked completely nothing was broke there were no surgeries i could scale any wall i could hang with anybody you know but but in my 40s now i'm realizing like i'm not all that you, you know it just took me a while to, I, it, it was always that i wasn't all that 
But now I've grasped that I need Jesus. I know that He is my strength. I know that I need Him now. It just, for a lot of us, we've got to go through some brokenness to get there. We got, we got, we've got to go through some bumps to recognize the best, sweetest, strongest, healthiest place we can be is in the closest proximity with the one who loves us. And who's the toughest? Who's the strongest? Who's the best? And guys, we compare each other. We, we, I mean, you guys size me up, I size you up. In fact, I, I'm looking out, I'm like, I can beat every guy up in this room. I mean, like, seriously, raise your hand if you think you can beat me up. Raise your hand. Oh my gosh. Like, three girls in the back raise their hand. All right, so, I mean, we, we do the comparison things too, right? We, we compare. We compare. We do that. But here's the thing. The quickest way to forget God, what God says about you is to obsess about what others says about, what other people say about you. We can quickly forget what God says about us when we're looking and playing this comparison game. I'm going to share with you a verse, um, Galatians 6, 4, and it may be one that you need to write on your mirror and lipstick or put it on a post-it note somewhere so you can see it. It says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love what Jeff said because I think we can all relate to this not enough feeling, and that feeling not enough is not to make you feel bad or to make you feel guilty. It's to get you to a place where you will run to your Heavenly Father to be filled up and to be enough. And so I agree. In my 20s, I thought, I'm going to be the most amazing mom. In my 30s, I'm like, oh, no, I'm really messing it up. In my 40s, I'm like, I can't do anything (laughs) except to sit at His feet. And here's what we're going to give you four practical takeaways today. Just very simple, and it's not a, again, it's not a to-do list. It's, a, it's a, a be list, a way to be, a way to live life. It's a lifestyle to change. And the first is this, just relax. Relax and let God live through you. God wasn't saying to Martha, Martha, you need to be more, you need to do more. He was saying, just relax. Martha, relax. The dinner's going to happen. If it's on paper plates, nobody's going to be upset about it. Just relax and let me do my work through you. You're enough because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. When God looks at you, he doesn't see all of your flaws and shortcomings. He sees you're exactly what I made, exactly the way I wanted you to be. And, and I sent my son to cover all of the places where you don't measure up. And so he's happy with you just the way you are. He's pleased. What does it feel like to you when I just say, I'm happy with you. I'm pleased with you. You are doing great. Exactly. Do you ever hear those words? Do you ever hear those as moms? No, we hear, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more, right? He's happy with you. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. What that means is you don't have to do more to bear fruit. You just have to be connected. Just be connected with him. Um, I love to tell moms that what you do, moms, in moderation, your kids will do in excess. If you compare yourself constantly, even in moderation, your kids will do that in excess. And if you have teenage daughters, that's going to break your heart one day. If you connect with God a little bit, Your kids will do that in excess. If you're 
confident in who God made you just as you are, you're going to reap that in your children someday. The second practical thing is just simply um, to rest in who God made you. Rest in that. You know, when I get unhappy with myself and I don't like, I have this extreme focus gift. I mean, the building could catch on fire or blow away in a tornado and I'm going to doggone it, finish what I'm talking about. And you might, you might all run out and I would still be here talking. I just have the, the problem with that extreme focus gift is I miss all kinds of things going on around me. I've had a few car accidents because of it. And I get so frustrated. To me, it doesn't feel like a I'm like, God, why didn't you make me to multitask? Why can't I be like Susan? Why can't I multitask and like cook dinner over here, take care of all the people over here? Why can't I do that? Um, I have to, what I'm really saying is, God, you made a mistake when you made me. Good. You forgot something when you made me, or you did me wrong, <laughs> or I missed the day when you passed out the multitasking gift. When God chose for a specific reason that I may never fully understand to make me exactly the way he wanted me to be, the same is true for you. And I have to rest in the fact that I am who God made me to be, and that is enough. Hmm. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. See, we'll never do anything of value until we first realize we're his masterpiece. That masterpiece takes time. If you're in a season where you don't like what God is doing in you, what he's removing, what he's fixing, what he's adjusting, just be patient. If you're in a season where he's doing that with your man, I never dreamed that he would be the man he is now in his 40s. In our 20s and 30s, I was just very impatient. Like, come on already. When, when are you going to be that man? <laughs> when are you going to come on already? Oh, and yeah. really what I was saying to God was, God, you made some mistakes in him. There's some things you left out that I'll be glad to fill in the gaps for you, God. I never dream, but it's a, it's a process of God breaking you down, of you realizing that you're not enough. And if you feel like you're not enough, that's okay. Because that is what sometimes makes you run to the very feet of Jesus where he can pour out his truth and remind you, I just want you to rest. I'm not putting anything else, no other burden on your shoulder. Just rest in me. Relax. Let me do what I have planned from before the beginning of the world to accomplish through you. Third thing is this. Focus on Jesus. Um, I have glasses, and I don't wear them very often, and that's not very bright. Um... But here's the thing with glasses. When you put them on, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. This is what it's supposed to look like, right? How many of you guys have glasses, right? And, and, and the times that you don't wear them, you're like, my eyes, they don't work right. I'm frustrated. But when you put them on, it's like, duh, wear the glasses. They help you. And it's like, duh, when we're close to Jesus, everything just comes into focus. Comes into focus. So I think we need to focus our attention on Him. When we're focusing in on Him, um, everything else kind of fades in the distance. When you're really putting your eyes and attention on Jesus, and you're pursuing, saying, I need you. I want to be close to you. 
God, give me, let, me, let, me just, let me just spend some time right now with you. All of a sudden, everything just becomes clearer. Last thing I want to share with you today on this conversation is, um, fourth is, find your significance and self-worth in Him. Why? Because it's so easy to try to find significance and self-worth everything everywhere else. And when we do that, because we all do, we end up running into a wall where we get brokenhearted because we realize that we can't find value in anybody else. I can't find my value in Christy, right? I, I can't find my significance in my job because they, they, aren't, they don't complete me. As foreign as that may sound in our world of wonderful movies, we don't get completed by anybody else. The only thing that can ever satisfy and fully complete us is that connection with Christ. Let me, let me prove it to you in Scripture. This is, what's, this, is, this, is one of my, this is one of the most profound verses when it comes to knowing who we are, what, what we have in Christ Jesus. This is it. You, if you want to know why we ought, to be, we, ought, we ought to fall in love with Jesus, this is it. Colossians 2, chapter 2, 9 and 10 says this, For in Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God. Right? So what does that mean? God, Jesus has got it all. Right? He's God in a bod. Right? All the fullness of, of Christ, or God, lives in Jesus. Alright? For, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you, you and I, so we, we also are, are complete, get this, we're made complete through our union with Christ. So when we entered into the world, Adam already blew it. He's the first man on the scene. He blows it. He sins. We, we're born into a sinful world. We're born sinners ourselves. We're born like breaking God's heart from like the earliest of our days. We're, we're all of a sudden in the world and our relationship with God is broken. Right? It's severed. But God looks at us when we're in Christ. When we submit to Jesus, when we say, God, I want you to, I want to give my life to you. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. All of a sudden, we're made complete because of what Jesus did for us. And all of a sudden, God doesn't look at us and say, jacked up. God doesn't look at, look at us and say, bruised up, broken, messed up, stupid, makes mistakes, hurts me, does, all of a sudden he looks at us and sees Jesus' blood. He looks at us and says, there's my beloved son and daughter because of us being made complete by what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're made complete through our union with Christ who is the head over every ruler. Because of Jesus, guess what? We're complete. Because of Jesus, we, we, are, we are enough. I'm not enough, but through Christ, I'm enough. Because of Jesus, what He did on the cross, I'm, I can be satisfied. Because of Jesus, I have significance. Because of Jesus, I have purpose. Because of Jesus, I'm forgiven. Because of Jesus, I'm free. Because of Jesus, we're all complete. So our hope is today that wherever your road might be, 
detour right now, you're off-road, man, it's not smooth sailing, it's bumpy. Got some hiccups, you got some pain points, you got some, some confusing stuff happening right now you can't wrap your brain around. Rest in Him. Be close to Him. He's not looking us at us, scolding us, mad at us. Not if we're in Christ. He's looking at us with there being a clear invitation. Come closer. Come closer. Every guy out there, Jesus is saying to you right now, come closer. Every woman, every child, every boy, come closer. That's what he's, that's, that's this message. That's this message. He's inviting us to know the Savior, the God of the world. The world. You look at the biggest, largest mountains out there, our God made those. You look at, you look at the most complex beings on the earth, a woman. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, God made her. You look at the most confused people on the world, the men. <laughs> God made us. We're complete in Him. Let's pray. Lord, I, I, uh, I graciously surrender this moment and this message. God is yours. This is, this is you. It's, it's, this is your time. And God, I just ask that in this moment, you would help us just to see how much you love us um, and how, how you are, you are clearly inviting us to be nearer to you. So I, I pray for every man, every woman, every child that's sitting here this morning. I ask God with whatever struggles, whatever fears, whatever, whatever bumps they're going through right now that don't seem right, this is not right, I don't like this, God, would you leverage those to lead us back to you? And Lord, I ask that if there be anyone here this morning, they would say, Jeff, pray for me. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet with God. But he's moving my heart today. He's, there's something stirring. And, and I want him to be my Savior today. I, I, I'm asking for him to make me complete. And I'm, I, and I'm asking that he would, he would be my Savior and my forgiver. I'm, I'm just going to ask you right now, if you would like for me to pray for you, and you pray with me and invite, invite Christ to be your Savior today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Let me, and let me just say, pray for me. Anybody like that this morning? Yes, sir, I see you. Anybody else? I see you guys. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Jesus, I, I, I want to, you to be my Savior today. Yes, sir. All over this room. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Church, pray right now in this moment. I believe we have several people that are about to just be forgiven today. They're going to find freedom in Christ today. God, we praise you for that. Lord, we ask right now in this moment for the many, many, many all day today who said, I, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want to be made complete. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be in a wrong relationship with God. I want to be in a right standing with God through what Jesus did on the cross for me. God, so in this moment right now, we ask for all of us, Jesus, would you be the leader and forgiver of our lives? Save us. Come into our hearts. Be our Savior. Be our God. Be our friend. God, make us right by what you did on the cross. And God, forgive us our sins and lead us, God, to being in close relationship with you. God, we submit ourselves to you today. God, we praise you for loving us. God, we don't deserve you. 
But yet, God, you offer and love us even though we first sinned against you. So, Lord, we thank you so much. And, God, I just praise you for the many I believe that made you Savior today. And God, we close this moment by saying you're awesome. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your grace. Amen. Church, I want you to stand up and let's just give a huge applause for what God did this morning. Praise you guys. Praise you, Jesus. We're going to close. We're going to close. We're going to close this morning in this song. And I want you to just respond accordingly. However God leads you. Some of you guys are like, I don't sing. That's cool. This is not a forced exercise. This is just a moment, whether you move, whether you don't move, whether you sing, whether you don't sing. For you, for you and I to say, God, thank you for what you're doing. As you leave today, you'll notice um, we, again, we aren't passing buckets anymore for an offering. We do offer multiple ways to give and to be a part of this church family. Uh, we do have like these crazy, awesome new boxes on the walls, right? They got strobe lights, right? Because we don't want you to miss the opportunity to give, right? So if you walk by more than twice, all of a sudden they light up really bright. And it's not, they don't do that, okay? So, but we do have these new things on the walls for you to contribute to be a part of this family. God, use this song, use these struggles to lead us back to you. We love you. Amen.